0: Badger fans, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Badgers. We're going to sound the cannons. we got to commit to talk about it. one That's an interesting twist to it. Plus, more thoughts on Rob Booker. I want to talk a little bit about uh, a narrative that I would like to put to rest. And then, are we too easy on Grey Gard and the in-state recruiting? We'll talk about all that and more on today's Locked On Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers. Your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Badgers, your team every single day. I am your host, Ryan Herrings. As always, really do appreciate everybody tuning in. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit Fanduel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, let's let's jump right into it. Um, you know, coming off the weekend, we we had a commitment, we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. Uh, when that happens, you know what we got to do? We got to sound the cannons. Let's go fire. The recruiting cannons. Another one is headed to Madison on Wisconsin. All right. So I want to talk about this one's interesting for a bunch of reasons. I mean, a bunch of reasons, right? Uh, Landon Locke commits to the university of Wisconsin verbally. He's a 2025 kid. So a couple things right off the jump first 2025 commit, um, But there's a really interesting kind of parallel here, I think, with Mabry Mettoyer, the 24 commit, in that it's a very early jump for Phil Longo. Like, people have already said, well, why are we getting excited about this? It's a 2025 kid. So, yes, it's a ways off, right? Fair point. However, get excited about it because Phil Longo's not messing around with quarterbacks. He knows exactly what he's looking for. And if he identified somebody early, yeah, like, he's probably a dude. That's why you get excited about landing a quarterback in 2025 when you have a quarterback guru, offensive coordinator, right? It's different. Um, And listen, we're still going to be realistic here. This is still a 2025 kid. I I think for reasons I'm going to get into, it's more stable than a lot of people might think. But it's still a long ways off. We don't need to go crazy about it. But I want to talk about there's a ton of interesting things here that I want to get into and kind of parse, right? The first one is, again... Phil Longo is a quarterback guy. He's a nationally recognized quarterback guy. So if he's going out this early and he's finding somebody, I promise you, at least in his mind, and his mind is one of the more sought out quarterback minds in the entire country. In his mind, he's, this is a dude. He found a dude and he found him early and he got him in the fold for that reason alone. And the reasons that that a quarterback can shift the, the altimeter of a program, right? The quarterback is the, the rocket engine, the go-go juice of, of a college football program. For that reason alone, the fact that you have a quarterback guru, offensive coordinator who's already gone out and plucked his quarterback in the 2025 class, be excited for that, right? This is not like landing a cornerback or, you know, Devin Spalding getting a running back. We don't really know what Devin Spalding is as a running backs coach. Longo has street cred. He has credibility, right? So he, him going out and getting a 2025 quarterback should should fire everybody up just for that reason alone. But there's more here, right? There's more to it because they already have the brother, Braden Locke, obviously the older brother of Landon Locke. They have more insight into, to Landon, right? What I'm saying is they feel, they probably feel even better about him. They probably, cause they know the family. They know the culture of the family. They, they, I'm sure they've talked to his brother. Uh, they've talked to Braden about Landon, right? And they're getting insight into him because they already have a kid from that family in the program, which again is, should make you feel even better, right? It should make you feel even more excited about them knowing exactly what they're getting here. This is not uh, a flyer. This is, this is a legit player on their board. And if you get the quarterback early, we've talked about this a lot. The quarterback early can become a, a recruiting force multiplier, right? He he can, everybody wants to play with a quarterback. Um, you know, recruiting analysts talk all the time about how your your quarterback is almost uh, a, a recruiting staff member, right? And we've seen Mabry Metoyer and, and the work he's put in on the, 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 the recruiting trail for this cycle. So getting a 2025 quarterback with a guy that you trust to be able to identify quarterbacks, who is the younger brother of a quarterback in your program, so you have more insight into probably how he ticks, what what he thinks about football, you know the family really well, it just checks a ton of boxes. Now, we got to wait a long time right? Like that's the nature of recruiting a kid in the 2025 cycle when it is currently calendar year 2023. We got to wait a long time, but all the, all the things that I think you're looking for, 6'3", uh, plays in a spreads type system is going to match very well with Longa wants. Again, insight into probably who he is better than, I don't know how you could have better insight than having the older brother in your team. Again, if if you had the older brother on your team, it's it's like if you go out if you go out to eat somewhere and you, you really like it, you're going to go back there for seconds, right? They really like the lock restaurant. They're going back for seconds. If they went there and they they're like, ah, this family kind of sold us a bill of goods. He's not in the playbook. I don't know. They're not going back to that restaurant for another, another serving, right? They're going to get another serving of this because I think they really are impressed with the brother who obviously made huge strides in the spring. Uh, Master the playbook apparently as well as you could and. They, they think that the younger brother who has a bigger frame already than Brayden, they think he probably has some of those same IQ and tangible traits. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about it. I think it's probably, I don't think it's probably getting the, the hype that it, it should be, which is a weird thing again to say, I get it because it's it's so far off, but I think they probably landed a difference making type quarterback right here. And those are one of the rarest resources on planet earth, right? There's like, seven in the nfl and what 20 at the college level there's just not many of those dudes and i think they think this player uh landon Locke, has the upside to grow into that so yeah we'll we'll dig into it more we'll get brian smith on we'll talk about um landon with brian smith and try to get Landon on the show as well and really dive more and more into this we have time to break down his game um i didn't want to try to do that on this show because i want to actually dig into it more see what see what we can figure out uh, talk to some people close to the program but I really want to bring up a couple of the key things here that I really like. Uh, Phil Longo knows what he's looking for at for quarterbacks. They know the family and they probably know him better than just about any other recruiting set because they have his older brother on on their team. And he's coming from a system in an area that's going to prepare him for Longo's system. I just think it checks a ton of boxes. I'm excited about it. Um, so that's a big get to me you're kicking you're kicking off that that 25 class much like you kicked off the 24 class with a very early quarterback recruit, you know, maybe your Met Toyer was a very early recruit in the 24 class. Now you're getting Locke as a very early recruit in the 25 class and it really just helps everything come together if you have a quarterback in the fold. So we're going to take a quick break, uh come with one of our friends of the show. We're going to come back with I there's a narrative around recruiting and it came up again with with Rob Booker's decommitment that I, I hear a lot of people talk about and they just kind of repeat it and repeat it. And I just disagree with it. Like, I think it's just, I could be on an Island though. I've been on an Island several times with different thoughts. So, I mean, one of which is I think Badger fans should be grateful for Gary Anderson and the time he spent here. I'm on, a, I've been on a Muma Muma Island, right. Where I haven't been as high on him. I've been on an Island in several spots and maybe I am again on this, but there's a narrative that I think needs to start going away. when we talk about recruiting. We're going to talk about that next in relation to Rob Booker. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show. America's number one sports book, our number one sports book, FanDuel. With baseball going full swing right now, um, incredible races already setting up. Really power teams. The Cincinnati Reds have been incredible this year. Uh, Right now, it's a great time to jump into baseball. uh, FanDuel, go to FanDuel, get new customers, get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on today to get started. And again, I told I told everybody that watches this show, um, if you want to jump into this with me, if you want to bet along with me, I'm a Suns fan, Niners fan, Braves fan. I'm putting a future on FanDuel on all three of those teams winning a title. I'm going to parlay it. I feel good about it. And if anyone wants to jump on this train, I would highly suggest it. The Suns just picking up Bradley Beal. The 49ers have one of the best rosters in football. And the Braves are running away with the NL East. So let's parlay this together on FanDuel, all winning a title. You're going to thank me later when you're sitting in your pile of cash, Scrooge McDuck-like, diving through the vault, right, getting ready to buy some Badger swag that you can put up on the wall with the winnings that I helped you get with my three-team futures parlay. Do it on FanDuel. Don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked to get started. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. I want to say thank you again to everybody tuning in. All the everydayers that are with us Monday through Friday, tuning into the show. Um, if you're with us all the time, you'll you'll hear the stories about me getting confused as a homeless guy, losing my wallet, getting carjacked, uh, almost hiring a $3,000 fashion consultant that was going to tell me if my head was more vertical or cylindrical and help me get closed accordingly. So if you're an everydayer, you're going to hear all these little things, plus all of our topics every day. So I really appreciate that. All right, let's keep talking here. Uh, Rob Booker, Vernon Woodward. There's, I want to start here because let me actually put up a, a banner here, a comment here. Um, this one is from B. Valterra. He says, Booker is not run of the mill. Um, I like to more than Steck. It's a cold take for now, but he's going to be a stud. I honestly thought he'd become a four-star eventually. So I don't think that's a bad take at all. I think Booker has four-star upside. He has, we've talked about it, the rare athleticism frame, uh, special catch catching ability, athletic ability as a tight end. So, yeah, Volterra, B. valterra I appreciate the comment. I, I don't disagree. I, I wanted to bring this up, too, because I wanted to get everyone's opinion. Who do you like more, Steck or Booker? And it, it can be easy to do this now because Booker has kind of spurned Wisconsin. Steck is still here. Steck's a higher-rated guy. I imagine if I ran this poll, 98% of Badger fans would say, Steck, s- screw Booker. I... I think I would take steck two. I think he's the safer prospect. I think it's pretty close though. I really do. I think Booker has a higher ceiling. Um, here's 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 the narrative that I want to talk about that I think I think needs to die a little bit. Cause I just don't think it makes a ton of sense, right? Booker mentioned he had a great interview on the athletic. Jesse Temple talked about it a little bit, and he said he he kind of liked the idea of being in a one tight end system, right? Booker said this UCLA has he'll be a one tight end system, or one tight end recruiting class at least. And it, it spurs it all. Whenever you hear comments like that, it spurs a bunch of comments, a bunch of thoughts from the fan base of, "Oh, he doesn't want to compete. We don't want him anyway. He, we want competitors, right? We want dogs. We, want, you, you got to have the competitive spirit. I don't want somebody here who, who wants it handed to him." And listen, listen, all of that is this is a weird thing because all that's kind of true, right? You, you do want somebody who. What's the right way to put this? You do want somebody who really wants to compete a uh, uh, great division one athletes great college football players they're all competitors they all have a competitive spirit to them but they also have to make business decisions right and and that's where i think fans lose sight of it a little bit is you can want to compete and have that competitive steer, spirit and still look at a depth chart and say yeah i'm probably going to play earlier at this spot that's that's that doesn't mean the dude's not wanting to compete right that means he's making a business decision these guys have 2 3 years to really make their mark right cuz if you're if you're a senior and you haven't really made your mark yet you're not playing like you have a couple of years in college a couple of years 2 3 years to really make your mark to really vault your game into NFL into the NFL spotlight to get scouts talking about you to to put the film on tape and if you're going to a place with a loaded depth chart it's harder it just is because you're going to another place with a whole bunch of other competitors. You're not the only dude going there. That's a dude. Everybody's a dude in the college level. Right? So I just think it's a business decision thing. I don't think players trying to find a depth chart that suits them better, trying to be the only guy in their class. I it, That's not as big of a turnoff to me as it is for other people. Right? I'd love to get your take on this, but just think about it. If it's not just the, the difficulty of playing early, if you go somewhere with a loaded depth chart with a, more competition you're getting less reps from the coaches right you're getting less developmental time you're getting less opportunities to put something on film you're getting less opportunities to go out there and make a mistake and continue playing and i just don't think that's so crazy let me let me tell you a story from my personal life um you know i recently within the last couple of years made a job move on on my adult side right this i love locked on badgers so so much but this is not my adult job um and I recently made a move on the adult job. And part of the reason I made that move was I, I was in an area that was tough to move up. And call it a depth chart thing, a corporate depth chart. It was just, it was going to be hard for me where I was for a lot of reasons to, to move up. You know, and it was a good job and it, did, it paid well. Benefits were great, but like it was just tough. And one of the, not the only reason. Um, but one of the reasons I moved to a different job and found a different opportunity is I would have a greater chance at, at moving up. Right. And I looked at the depth chart and that didn't mean I'm not a competitive guy or that I wasn't hardworking or I didn't give a crap. No, I just, there's an easier path over there. And sometimes taking the easier path is not, it's not a bad thing, right? It's a business decision. So I wouldn't, I don't know. I would love to know what everybody listening thinks about it. Am I on an Island on this? Like, Again, I, you need to be a competitive player. You need to be a really, you need to bring effort. You need to have heart. You need to care and give a crap. All those things are true. I'm not saying I want players who are afraid of competition, but if, if a player makes a business decision, that doesn't mean he's also not a competitive guy, right? He's just looking at where the depth chart and where he can get early opportunities. Uh, Conversely. One of the reasons I was like, man, um, some of these players, some of these defensive linemen going to Penn State and Michigan, you know, if one of them, if one of them had said, Hey, I'm gonna go to Wisconsin because I have a, a better chance at early playing time, would any badger fan say, Oh, I don't want a competitor? No, be honest to yourselves. Be honest now. Would any badger fan say, No, I don't really know? You know, Badger fans would say, No, it makes sense. Yeah, I get it. He wants to go somewhere where he can play early. Yeah, that makes total sense. Check. But when it happens inversely and a badger, recruit decommits and go somewhere else partially, just not not fully, but a little bit because of competition potentially. Everybody's like, ah, he's not a dog. I'm glad we dodged him. Um, I don't know. I think I think we we kind of don't always look at it honestly. And it's interesting to me. So that's that's my thing on on Booker. I think again, well, I'm I'm gonna stop talking about because it it's not the end of the world. It really isn't the biggest deal. Uh Grand stacks are really good tight end. I think they're fine in the class and the booker is certainly not a make or break prospect for the 2024 class. So it's fine, but I do really want to just put that idea out there. And I'm very curious where everyone else is at. Um, Am I on an Island with this or are we kind of at a point, especially with NIL and transfers where we can kind of put the, he just doesn't want to compete thing to bad. I don't know. It's interesting to me. All right, coming up next, we're going to take a quick break for our friends of the show. And then are we too easy on grave guard with the in-state recruiting? It, it's been tumbling around in my brain for a while. We had a nice comment about it, or an interesting comment about it that I wanted to discuss. Um, so, we're going to get in on that, plus a couple more of your comments and some really interesting things to wrap up the show on today's Lockdown Badgers. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show. Welcome back to Lockdown Badgers. Really do appreciate everybody tuning in. I want to start here because uh, there's been a lot of recruiting talk recently with Con Knipple coming in on a visit. He just left his visit and this is from um, Mr. Wisco. And he says, how come some Badger fans are okay when Guard consistently or constantly misses out on Wisconsin kids, but act like the world is ending when Fick doesn't get them? So a lot of interesting layers here. And uh, Mr. Wisco, thank you for the comment. Honestly, I think the, the number one reason is it's just expectations for me. And when I, when I came to that realization, I was like, wow it was just it's just expected that we get football players and it's almost expected that guard doesn't land the in-state kids and it's been like that for so long that when it happens it's just more of the same right when we see football players leave the state it was just so rare even just up to a couple years ago that i mean it just never happened with the dudes wisconsin wanted and now that we've seen a couple leave it's like um the paradigm is shifting right the orbit of of planet earth has been altered by 0.3 degrees because it's just such an unusual event that something cataclysmic must've happened, you know, an extinction level event type of, of, of action here. Whereas basketball guard is let's, let's just call a spade a spade. I've been, I've been defensive of guard in a lot of ways on the show for, for a while. I feel like, like I, I like a lot of what he does. I think he, again, I've said it many times. I don't think he should be in the hot seat, but he has done a pretty atrocious job of, keeping in-state kids home for, for a variety of reasons. And these are not all players that he hasn't recruited. Like, he's targeted several of these, and they just haven't been able to land them. So I think it's an expectations thing. And, and they, it is kind of sad, right, where we're, we're more frustrated with the football team because we expect more of them, in a sense. And, you know, when I was in the Navy, this is something that would happen a lot, is a sailor would get to a boat, and he would do really well. So you just expect more of him. Right. You keep giving him more and more stuff because you knew he could get it done. Whereas the sailor who comes on the boat and doesn't do anything, you just kind of don't expect it. So I think it's kind of a lot of that is guard just hasn't been on land those in state prospects and the football team generally has. So that's just what we expect going forward. It, it's really not fair to hold Fick to that high of a standard. And it, it's probably not fair to not expect a higher standard from great guard either. Like he should do a better job of landing in state talent. Nipple is a huge chance this cycle. Like if let's let's flip it around, right? If there was a top 20 five-star in-state football player, right, who whose play style meshed really well with the badgers and Wisconsin didn't land him, people would would kind of lose their minds. Like that would be a huge deal. I feel like if Gregor doesn't land con nipple, nobody's gonna be that shocked. There's there's gonna be a couple eye rolls. Uh Bo Dragon will, will get on a comment and Bo Dragon will say some stuff, but I think we probably should hold great guard to a higher standard. And I I don't think I always have just because he just has never been able to do it. It's just kind of felt like at times a foregone conclusion. Whereas, you know, on the football side, it's been so locked in for so long that when they when this this wall has now started to to have some holes punched in it, quite frankly. um, Yeah, it's it's, we have made a bigger deal of it. It's a great point, Mr. Wisco. I really do think it's a great point. Let's go here, uh, Jan Volk. This was an interesting comment. I really like this one. I think that Crowell and Wall have less playing time because Yaldin looks like he has more ways of scoring. As the season rolls on, these three will play equal minutes. Equal minutes uh, with Yaldin, Crowell, and Wall. Uh, let me let me talk to your first point first. Um, Yaldin has more ways of scoring. Yeah. True. True. I don't even think... Here's the thing. Maybe not then Crowell, uh, but then Wall. Yeah, because he can shoot a jumper. He can, he can stretch. He he can, you know, he can hit, he can hit a three. He can stretch a defense. Uh, so yeah, he has more ways of scoring the wall. Crowell. I don't know. I think, I think in a couple of years, I think the, the prime version of Gus Alden in college is definitely going to be a better and more efficient score than the prime version of Steven Crowell. I just don't know if the freshman version of Gus Alden is going to be better than the upper classman version of, of Steven Crowell, if that makes sense. Um, to your second point, not and he's saying not as the season begins, but as the season rolls on, these three will see their their minutes equal out. I don't think that's gonna happen. I do think it could get closer than people think and closer than I had originally predicted. Listen, I think Yaldin brings a lot. I've already talked about it. And he's going to be about as physically ready, uh basketball IQ ready as a freshman can get. So If anybody's going to do it, it's going to be a guy like him. And it wouldn't surprise me if at the beginning of the year, I had a prediction of him for about 10 to 12 minutes, I think. If that's what he starts at, and then it gets 15, 16, 17 as the season rolls on. That wouldn't shock me at all. Uh, I think he has that type of potential as a freshman. So, uh, Jan, really do appreciate it. BMore says, I would put the chances of Blackwell registering at less than 50%. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I don't know where I am on Blackwell. BMore, thank you for the comment. Um, I'm not sure because here's the thing. he Blackwell brings a physicality and a size at the two-guard spot that is a little unique on the Badgers roster. And what have I always said about unique? Unique is good. Unique gets you playing time, right? He's 6'4". He's pretty yoked up for a freshman. He's athletic. He's not an uber athlete. That's why he was a three-star recruit and not like a four- or five-star recruit. He's He's not an elite athlete for a two-guard. But he's pretty athletic and he's built strongly. Um, bigger frame than Max Klezman, so unique gets you minutes because unique allows you to do things other players can't do. Now it's going to just come down to how quickly does he acclimate to the to the game at this level. I've said for a long time he's he's a pretty underrated prospect in in this basketball class. He gets overshadowed a lot. I think he's pretty good. I just don't know how much pretty good how how much he plays this year because Klezman's going to be the primary backup at both guard spots in my opinion. So I don't know. It's going to maybe depend a little bit on how ready Kamari McGee is. If Kamari McGee is ready to be that backup point guard and give you 10 minutes, that's that's minutes Blackwell's not going to be able to take. I'm going to be interested in it. I'm very interested to see his game because I think physically he gives you something different. And I think this is a good pickup for great guard. Uh, one more comment here. This is from Michael Rippentrop. No worries about the linebacker says, Aaron Witt is coming back. I don't know if that's inside intel. We did see a picture of Aaron Witt without the boot on. He's He's been the, the invisible man, but he's been... Everybody talks about him. Everybody that is everybody's excited to see what he could finally do. And if he's healthy and ready to go, let's go fire, fire it up because he's a potential game wrecker. And if we can get him healthy and get him on the field, I imagine they would throttle, throttle the reps, right? They just go out there on third down and wreak havoc and try to keep him healthy if he is ready to go. But I'm excited. If he's healthy, I'm excited to see him. Um, I'm just at the point where, I don't know what to expect, and I I don't know if it's fair to expect he's missed a lot of time in reps, right? I don't know how fair it is to expect him to be, even when he's full-go healthy, to be full-go as a football player, right? There's a lot that he's missed in the last couple years, but I would love it. Uh, I think you'd make the defense better. All right, we're going to wrap up there. Really do appreciate everybody tuning in on Wisconsin. uh, Thank you so, so much for for tuning in, listening to the show as always. Appreciate y'all. Talk tomorrow. Let's go.